top shelf fantasy. Tom Penny. Christian McCaffrey is going to be the number one. He's he's not going to be changing uh, from our rankings at number one. So I, I think there's not much to say about Christian McCaffrey other than go look at the stats and then tell me you want another running back and I'll call you crazy. Scott Mills. Bucks, receivers, and tight end. And I'm talking about O.J. Howard, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. All three of these Bucks receivers and tight end are going to go over for over a thousand yards this season. All three of them. Corey Dows. It's no secret I, I love uh, Alvin Kamara, but beyond just my you know, uh, I don't know what to call it, my affinity for the guy. He's got a great situation this year. Craig Penny. Craig, you want to jump in on Matt Ryan? I really honestly have not no. much. Right. Um, I think he's just a very consistent quarterback year in and year out. All right, top shelf fantasy. we got the NFC South coming up. It's very short and sweet on Matt Ryan, Craig. It was the only Atlanta Falcon clip I could find, and it was just... Oh, a consistent yeah. quarterback. I found the same thing. Like, well, <laughs> That's I, it. I can't use that take. Well, I threw uh, I threw a couple in um, later on. I was trying to find my Devonta Freeman reaction the very first time. Turns out I just didn't want to say anything about it. I was just so distraught. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a dynasty owner. It's not great. Um, top Shelf Fantasy. Um, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Top Shelf, FNTSY. I don't know why I blank like every time I say the same thing. <laughs> it's a brand new script. <laughs> um, TopShelfFantasy.com. Scotty, tell people what they want to hear. What you want to hear? Uh, we, we tweeted it out, Instagrammed it out, Facebooked it out. Listener League 2020. Join our site. Easy. Go on the site. Sign up with Google, email, whatever you want. Facebook. Spot in our listener league and Kenny Galladay signed Detroit Lions jersey. I mean, you have to win the league. You have to win the league. <laughs> you, yeah. don't get the, you don't, don't get that. For don't just join up. our site, but I mean, why not join a free site for a free entry into a free league to win a fantastic signed jersey plus a lot of other perks, glasses, uh, a shirts, pair, hat, everything yeah, you um, can think of, stickers, koozies, koozies from CMP products. Why would you not join? And Ever since we put it out, we've had, I think, at least eight to ten people that join, people that we know, but a couple other people that we don't know that um, will probably be in the league. Right, right. And it is, I don't want to say it's first come, first serve, but, I mean, at some point, I think in the next couple of weeks, we'll be determining who is actually in the league. So Yeah, exactly. And we, and we talked about, uh, or at least me and Scotty tossed around the idea of doing some sort of referral program for people that refer their friends. Like, don't feel like you're lessening your chances because you bring more people in that you know. Bring them in. We'll make sure that you have a better chance to get in the league since you helped us out. You know, right. we, we appreciate the, uh, I don't know, the uh, the referrals. Yeah, the support. The support. Good, there we go. It's good, it's good stuff. Yeah. And exactly. you're almost for sure to get a guaranteed in if you go ahead and uh, give us a good little review on, on one of the podcast player sites do a apple podcast an easy place like our integrity is for sale (laughs) (laughs) i mean if you give us four stars we'll think about it five stars a year she went right you get it um all right so a little bit of news shook the nfl um the washington no names um are down a running back um yeah just for the not the usual reason uh typically they're down a running back because the guy's got no knees Unfortunately, they're down a running back for a much more serious reason. He has no uh, temper. He has no. He has a temper. He, he has. A he has temper. no control he's, over he's, his no temper. Control. There's no restraint. Uh, I just I think we just come on. Say he's a scumbag. Uh, pretty much admitted to it. Reported himself in. Turned himself in. 
left the team under pretty much no question. I think he's still technically, if you went to a news site, they'd call him an alleged uh, whatever perpetrator. But it, it seems like it's cut and dry at this point. He's not playing football this year. Yeah. Well, and Craig, you ended up saying it. So he 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 uh, pleaded guilty on strangulation charges, right? right. And well, he, he said that was a felony, which for sure means jail time. Which yeah, it's not. For sure it's not that he's never coming back. He hasn't pled guilty yet because I don't think they have to go through a round of that. Um, but by turning himself in, him and his lawyer know he has a better shot at a reduced sentence. By turning himself in. So that is admitting just, fault already. Yeah, and it, it again comes down to how the state of uh, whatever state they're in there. Maryland? Yeah. Whatever whatever the state of Maryland's laws are. If it's an automatic, you know, the police get to pursue the, the DV charges. Or if it's the uh, the victim, it, it, you know, it could be a settle outside of court thing. You've seen it happen a million times. Uh, a la Ray Lewis. Same state. Same same similar situation. If nobody comes <laughs> forward, I'm just saying, if nobody comes forward to testify or whatever it is, nobody wants to pursue charges, I don't know. I don't know how their state works. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I I don't think I don't even think we've said the player's name yet. Darius we're talking. About <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure if we did. Yeah. Um, Try to keep. But his yeah, name. so we'll. I mean, I think really at the end of the day, and we and Craig, what is it? I think after we do the divisions, are we doing the update, the rankings update? Well, we already have the rankings, uh, pretty much for all of us. We're just tweaking them now. We have what everyone feels is their most comfortable. Uh, after this, we're going to be calling each other out on our rankings. Yeah, so we'll have explain a, we'll ourselves. Have a, uh, yeah, we'll have an explain. But we'll probably get more into what the fantasy implications are now that Darius Geis is no longer a Washington no-name. Yeah. Uh, and he's just a douchebag. <laughs> that bag. sounds so, so weird. So, Washington so the, no the starting running back is, is at this point, Adrian Peterson, who's gone, gunning for 4,000 more yards for Emmett Smith's career rushing. Let's go. I want it so bad. Let's go. <laughs> he only needs it. to play five or six more years. Yeah. That'll, be, um, that'll be tough. All right. John Ross leaves uh uh did he opt out no so he left the team because his son and his wife oh, have, have COVID. covid and doing that so he's now on the covid list okay he can still come back but that just news out today yeah not polar, in camp. polar opposite of darius guys john ross's stand-up guy um <laughs> <laughs> uh, will disley practiced and ty hilton was activated off the pup um and those of you in fantasy dynasty leagues, you can break the bad news, Greg. Oh, about the college football? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big Ten has postponed their season. Um, they had a big conference meeting or whatever, and they said they were trying to urge everyone else to do the exact same thing. And there was a they said will be a domino effect of college football pretty much being postponed. Um, it's really up to them. They have multiple different conferences. They have their own, you know administration to decide but it does not look good it looks grim for travis Etienne. stop (laughs) (laughs) as as long as the sec plays though and these guys get their their senior years in they and they can announce for the pros yeah sec produces what 70 percent of the draftable players and the you know offensive draftable players per draft like yeah i mean and that's fine way to think but at the same time you watch one league do it in college football, then another league starts thinking about it, and it's like, what do you really have for a product overall, and what's safer? Well, ultimately, I'd love to watch Alabama play LSU three times a year. That's no. not it's not a bad situation. <laughs> That's you know. yeah. From our Those perspective, that would be a good game to watch. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so college football is still kind of up in the air, um, or we already have uh, leagues, uh, you know, shutting down. Scotty, we'll jump into the NFC South. You did the South. You statted out the South and yes. you got all that. So why don't you walk us through 
that lovely a division. All right, sounds good. The NFC South consists of um, the 13 and 2 Saints, the 7 and 9 Falcons, the 7 and 9 Bucks, and the 5 and 11 Carolina Panthers. Uh, their opponents this year, um, it's going to be the AFC West, and that is the Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders, Chargers. Pretty good division. And on the other side, they'll be facing the NFC North of the Packers, the Vikings, Bears, and Lions, which is also pretty good division. So off the bat, um, pretty hard schedules to start. But um, I guess we'll just get right into the Saints. Uh, like I said, 13-2 last year. Of course, Sean Payton, the coach, this is his 15th year, I think, coming up. Um 13-2 last year, and most of the season last year, Drew Brees was hurt. He only played in 11 games. Bridgewater's gone, but for the games that he played, he did a very good job you know, helping them win the games and stuff. So I think if Drew Brees stays healthy this year, um, all season, I think, of course, they're the number one in this division still. But, um, I mean, do you guys have anything else to say about Drew Brees and if he's healthy, will they still be number one or not? Oh, I mean, I don't think anybody could disagree with you and have any real leg to stand on. Uh, the Saints are essentially reloading this year. They're not doing anything different than they've done for the past few years, and they added more pieces. They haven't really lost much. It's bringing back the team that just went 13-2. and two. That can't possibly add up. That's only 15 games. But um, <laughs> <laughs> way to go. I just pieced that together. Yeah, you know. But either way, uh, I mean, Drew Brees 13-3? Yeah, it's got to be. But Drew Brees has been, you know, one of the most uh, consistent and standard. Uh, you know, <laughs> it was a, a standard of fantasy excellence for years and years and years, and he's not going to change anytime soon. Nothing in his game indicates that he's on even close to a decline. I mean, he lost he lost stats because of a, a few missed games, and he still had twenty seven touchdowns and four picks. Yeah, I mean, you're talking the biggest value at quarterback probably in your league. I mean, most people are probably looking at this guy going. Drew Brees is washed up. He's done. It's like, yeah, no, he played 11 games and still threw more <laughs> touchdowns than half the quarterbacks. And, and we talk about this all the time. Go in and edit your rankings because if you, for some reason, end up on autopilot or you're just going through, like, looking at the top guys that uh, whatever app you're using is suggesting to you and you haven't edited it manually, there's a chance that Drew Brees is down towards the bottom of the quarterbacks because he only played 11 games last year. Right. Like, make sure that you're aware of his existence as you hit that like ninth and tenth round, because he's probably laying out there, right? Right, and we have him ranked as the sixth, sixth quarterback, and he's going in like the eighth round behind you know Watson, sometimes Brady, Stafford, Rogers for sure, and Rogers we have ranked way lower because Rogers is a bum. It's just the, it's just always the misconception with Drew Brees is, and the thing is, is that the guy always is throwing, you know. Four or five thousand yards every single season. Uh, I mean, this past year, obviously, he had you know some games missed, but even still, he had three thousand passing yards. Some quarterbacks didn't even have that playing a full sixteen game season. No, so. no, not at all. And of course, you can't forget Taysom Hill. I know, I know he's a quarterback, but I think this year he's he's eligible as a tight end for the first time. I mean, he's a gadget guy. He's a fun guy to watch. Fantasy option, I would say no. He's but, just um, such a risky start. You don't know when he's going to get that one touchdown, you know? If, if you play him, I mean, more power to you. You got you got a pair he'll, on you. He'll be somebody's dart throw once this year. Mm, twice. Oh, sure. Probably twice. four or five times. <laughs> or six. Or every, every probably week, every week every until I hit it well, once. Hit. If he plays fullback, then I'm sure he'll make it up there like eight times. Oh, yeah. 
All right, uh, let's get into the running back game, though. Um, Kamara just kind of came out this week. He played on a, a hurt or torn MCL yeah. Um, yeah. after week six, I think, last season. I mean, he had an off season, but he still, you know, he still did okay. If he's fully healthy this season, I think it's a, it's a huge bounce back for this guy. Yeah, he's actually been one of the tougher running backs for me to rank because I've had him all the way at number three, and then I've had him at eight, and I'm like, what am I doing with this guy? Because of the injury, I go, you know what? Maybe he was hurt a lot, so that's why his production had dipped. I mean, 4.6 yards per carry is still pretty damn good. Um, but, I mean, he didn't really get that many, you know, uh, touches uh, on the team. And even with that being said, he still had 97 targets. Like, the guy is still getting a lot in the in the air, which is obviously something that fantasy football you know, really thrives on or fantasy points thrive on. Yeah, and he came out right away and said, listen, I was hurt this year. I wasn't I wasn't at 100% pretty much any of the year. And then, like Scott said, it just came out this week, like the extent of that injury, and it was serious. I mean, a lot of guys pack it in for the year. They don't play through that. It's not worth – first of all, it's not worth the risk to them. And then second of all, it's impossible to play through that. It's painful. So more power to him. Showed some real toughness. I mean, he had to be out there to make the team effective, and he, he didn't. He definitely didn't hurt him when he was out there. So if he can build on that again and kind of return to maybe his form two years ago, still a very, very top-tier elite fantasy player. Yeah, and I mean, his thing has always been touchdowns too, right? I mean, he had a dip in, in touchdowns along with the, the missed games. Um, I get him ranked four right now. Um, scoring anywhere between, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I have him right now between eleven and, and eighteen touchdowns total. Um, what do you have two years ago? Was, <laughs> was yeah, it twelve or twelve or fourteen two years he, ago? Something like that. Um, I don't I don't have it offhand exactly what his total touchdown count was, but it was high. And, and that was with Ingram too. <laughs> and that was with Ingram on the field. And I mean, now he's competing with Latavius Murray. I really don't think that Emmanuel Sanders is is a threat to, to steal targets away and certainly not those receiving touchdowns. So I think that as long as Elvin Kamara plays a 16-game sample size, he's a top five running back. Yeah, I wouldn't fight you on it. 11 to 18, though, that's a, that's a, that's a window. I, I said for now. <laughs> for now. I got him between it 0 and 20. It might be 11 to 22. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I well, so I went through and statted everything out, and I'm just looking at it now, and I go, okay, well, those ranges are probably a little ridiculous, but but Latavius Murray has been one of the best goal line running backs for the past three years across multiple teams. But he didn't do anything when Alvin Kamara was on the field. Yeah, he got all of his work last year when Alvin Kamara was off the field because I remember Alvin Kamara coming back, sitting there saying, "Keep Latavius Murray on your teams because he has standalone value." He didn't. Yeah, Alvin yeah. Kamara was there. He squashed Latavius Murray. Yep. Which really honestly tells me Sean Payton's all in on Alvin Kamara. And the only reason they had a split with Mark Ingram was because Mark Ingram's good. Yeah. You know, Latavius Murray is just a giant. I mean, Latavius ends up being a top handcuff, I think. Oh, yeah. In league. I mean, if Kamara goes down, like you said, Latavius last year had fantastic games. Oh, he would, he carried the ball, what, almost 30 times a game when uh, Kamara was down. He, He had ridiculous games. It reminds me of uh, when they used to give the ball to Tim Hightower. Yeah. That was just a spite Ingram. Losing that's what it was. fantasy. It was, it was literally it. just a spite Ingram to <laughs> yeah. keep him from getting his contract incentives, right? Pretty much, yeah. It's well, at least that's what he said. I, you know, Sean Payton, it's not, not quite a guy. You hate him, but you love him. <laughs> 
Um, or or uh, Gase. Uh, yeah, the, the, so. <laughs> Gase, you just hate to hate. It's just, you just want to bring up Gase. I just, yeah. <laughs> All right, the wide receivers. Michael Thomas, need we say more? Sure, go for it. 185 targets. He could. <laughs> I mean, he's our consensus number one. Might be the only person we all agree with in our receiver rankings. Um, I mean, if he's not one, I don't know what you're doing. Right. Didn't he say last year that he was trying to get 2,000 receiving yards, or was that this past offseason? I'm not sure, but I know he's wants to exceed what he did last year by a long shot. 1,725 receiving yards. Well, if he could get Drew Brees to throw him the ball down the field a little bit more instead of run that slant route 45 times a game. Or he Drew might have Brees good... is playing every 16 games. I yeah. think that's the oh, biggest thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he threw for 270 a game and missed, what? what's that, five games? That's right there. There's, a, there's so, another 1,000 yards to make up. So of, of 185 targets, he caught 80% of them. 80.5% of them. That's, wasn't, that's good. Wasn't he on good. pace into like week six to shatter the catch percentage record? Like he was at like eighty five, eighty six percent. Yeah, he catch didn't drop it. Yeah, the, and then Brees got hurt. Vacuum. Yeah, and then Brees got hurt. And I mean, then... Teddy did, a, did did a fine job with him when he was out, but I mean, he's no Brees. Yeah. Right. And I don't. I mean, honestly, like I look at I look at Michael Thomas's numbers and I go, regression is due. Right. You look at those and you go, "There's no way somebody can do that again." That was only with eleven games of Drew Brees. <laughs> You know, and you he get scored, 16 games of Drew Brees, that stat line looks possible again. Did you score around 100 more points than the number two Chris Godwin did? So if he regresses a bit, he still, <laughs> still hangs down the number one. And then they bring in Emmanuel Sanders. And we talked about him. I mean, he, he's older, all that stuff. But he's never had a, a number two like that. I know Daz has talked about this a bunch of times, so I'll let him talk about, you know, they tried with the Ted Ginn, they tried with the Tracon Smith, so. Yeah, and, and I think you're right. They've never had an Emmanuel Sanders caliber number two receiver there, but Drew Brees has never supported two receivers on a on a fantasy-relevant uh, level. Of course, he's, he's spread the ball around to five, six, seven guys for his whole career, but he's never had two fantasy-relevant receivers on the same team. Even if you go back to Marcus Colson when he was their clear-cut number one and you had the likes of Willie Sneed and, and various other guys that were running through there, I guess you could make the case that Jimmy Graham out of the tight end spot would be your, your best argument to say he supported two guys, but he played a completely different hybrid role that we don't really see anybody fitting like that anymore, especially on that team. I mean, very few guys in the NFL even do it at that level. I just don't I, – I have a lot of skepticism that Emmanuel Sanders is going to have a fantastic year there, and I love Emmanuel Sanders. I think he's – a very, very talented guy. He's crafty veteran, runs across the middle. He's fearless. He, he's got moves once he's got the ball in his hands. But I don't know that the targets are going to be there for him when 185, possibly 200 targets go towards Michael Thomas. I mean, Drew Brees in 11 games threw the ball 378 times. If you say he plays five more games, I don't know how many attempts per game that is, but he's probably closing in on 500. Half of them are going to Michael Thomas. I mean, you got to, I mean, and then 97 are going to Alvin Kamara. I mean, there's just not that many looks to go around directly at Emmanuel Sanders, and you still have Jared Cook there. Right, right. I, w- I was going to say, I don't know that I necessarily think that Michael Thomas is going to get an increase or decrease in targets um, with Drew Brees playing a full 16-game season. Like, I-, I-, I really think that this is very attainable for Michael Thomas in the current year. But it also begs the question of there's probably another 150 passing attempts that are that are due with 16 weeks of, of Drew Brees, right? So 
where does it end up going? I mean, you would think that at least 50 of those targets go to Alvin, and then maybe you split them between Jared Cook and Emmanuel Sanders. I agree with you. I don't think that Emmanuel Sanders is a number two is, is a fantasy option, but I'm very curious to see how 16 weeks of Drew Brees helps Alvin Kamara. I mean, Lat Murray had 43 targets alone, right? So you, you kind of sit there and you go, who were the Saints? It's Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much it. I mean, Jerry Cook as a back-end tight end one, but I don't know here to talk about tight ends. <laughs> no, but I mean, out of the offense, Michael Thomas and Kamara, hands down, um, top tier of both their positions. Yeah, them two and Breeze are the only two that I'm really like, okay with drafting. Set set in stone, like yeah, it, yeah. at the right price, first and second round. And, <laughs> You're yeah. gonna take those guys. And to add a little bit more first round, and to add a little bit more color first. to Emmanuel Sanders, we have him ranked at 41 on average for for our uh, consensus uh, player rankings at wide receiver. And 41 is flex territory, which is probably about where he should be. I mean, I think he's mostly there. He's gonna help spread the field and and you know have less defenders on. Uh, Michael Thomas or Alvin Kamara out of the backfield. Yeah, and you uh, you 100% as a defense have to respect him. You leave him open, he's going to punish you. I mean, there's no yeah. question about it. He's done his whole career. But I don't know that he has an Emmanuel Sanders caliber year from what we've seen him do in the past. That's my my only thing. But, again, certainly draftable. Again, ranked 41, that's... He should be drafted. That's playable. I mean, he, you, you he, can play him a, week in, a, week out. He'll be a bench guy. I mean, is he going to get is he gonna get 97 targets? No. No. Um, but can you get him going in? And just real quick, if Drew Brees gets hurt, poor man's Fitzmagic, Jameis Winston. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. <laughs> His house is not impressed. I, I just thought you were going to say Emmanuel Sanders has been known to throw the ball. Michael, <laughs> no, I was just, I was just looking. I at mean, that is the well, best case scenario, though. Okay. They, they have the best backup quarterback in the league. And if Drew Brees goes down, yeah, it sucks. But they have a guy that can that can make everyone fantasy relevant like he did last year uh jarrett stidham heard of him <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. I, I don't hear guys that that don't throw over five attempts in a season so david blau oh david blau <laughs> yes, yeah, we forgot he's the best backup in the league he's the best <laughs> I, I don't know i, I don't want to play that uh game but I, I would be very upset if drew Brees went down and Jameis winston was playing right but fantasy gold I don't know. I don't know. Not for Michael Thomas. I mean, type. do you do because Mike like Evans, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin were able to kind of play down the field, um, and then they had all those big tight ends to kind of like. There was just so much down the field stuff that I feel like I know Michael Thomas can do it, but his bread and butter is really you know around the twenty yard line. Did I, did I read you that stat last week that Drew Brees hasn't completed a pass over thirty yards in the air since two thousand seventeen? Yeah, so I don't know if Pretty that's wild. maybe a hit on Thomas or if crazy. it's a hit on Breeze. I, just, I think it's just a hit on they don't need to do it. Like, right. run, a, yeah, run a four-yard I mean, slant. I'll I don't want to talk about 80% the, accuracy. What if or when Breeze goes down? Because we shouldn't be talking about But right. I mean, they, they have a decent backup just, for it. It's, it's happened. One thing to mention. He's, he's yeah. old. So. I would say Jameis Winston is as good, if not better, than Teddy Bridgewater. So we saw what happened there, and they went 13. Hands down. So yeah. it's, not, it's not a downgrade. At the very least, it's status quo. All right. Um, and then we talk about Jared Cook. So I think that wraps up with the, uh, I mean, Jared Cook, Cook's a no. fine uh, back end tight end one. He finished his tight end seven last year. I love I love the guy as a late round tight end. I'll take him in, in a lot of leagues. 
I just love that we all consensusly hate tight ends. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm ready to move on. Especially the fact. And we're talking about one of the better <laughs> ones in fantasy right now. <laughs> yeah. But we aren't talking about, about him, so that's a good sign. Uh, all right, let's get on to the Falcons then. Um, 7-9 record, like I said. Dan Quinn uh, as a head coach again. I mean, he had some great years. He had some fantastically horrible years. But um, the biggest stat that I found out was the vacated targets. They got rid of Austin Hooper. Sure, Devontae Freeman actually had a lot of targets. 258 vacated targets. That is insane. That's so much higher than I thought it would be. It, I was just looking at it and doing I the math. I you guys. Like, I was saying, like, I thought it would be in, in the 80 to 100 range just because of Hooper. I had no idea it was going to be that much. I mean, Freeman had 70. Hooper had 97. And even you you got the Sanu and, and Justin Hardy's that had, you know, 20-ish, 40-ish targets, but I, I just can't believe there's that many targets to go around. I'm not saying that it's going to be exactly that many targets, but that opens a field for Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones just to have even more. Yeah, I think Julio eats. Like, I, I think there's a chance Julio's getting 180 to 200 targets. Craig, did, did you rank Julio two or three? Because I, I know you were going back and forth. With, I moved him to two. You did? Mm-hmm. Okay, because you're going back and forth with him and Hill. Hill? Yeah. yeah. Now that I see this, I'm very happy I kept him at <laughs> I imagine move him up one more However, spot. I'm very upset that I traded Julio Jones. <laughs> yeah, I'm very, to the guy sitting next to me. Very happy that I was on the receiving end of that trade. I don't even remember what I traded you. I feel like it was nothing. Yeah, and you picked up Russell Gage in Dynasty too, which is definitely someone I feel like that is going to... I know, I know we're getting deeper before we get to the top. Pick your targets, players, though. you, you got to put these guys out there. But uh, Russell Gage is going to be a guy that is going to be a huge beneficiary because you've seen it for years with Muhammad Sanu that he's always... And he even had 42 targets before he left the team. And uh, Muhammad Sanu was getting maybe 80, 90 targets as, as a viable sometimes flex play in fantasy. And Russell Gage actually showed that he could do a pretty fine job last year and had 74 targets in like half a season. Yeah, he played the entire year, but he was really the wide receiver four for half of it. Uh, moving him to wide receiver three and then, a, you know, Austin Hooper leaving the team. Like, this is a sneaky sleeper. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw him sitting on our uh, on our yeah. free agent wire right after the draft, and I was like, I think I texted Tom or somebody in the BOD, and I was just like, are free agents open? Just just curious. Like, no, no reason. They're like, yeah, free agents are open. I was like, all right, I got to do something. Oh, is, <laughs> is that when our buddy took Auden Tate for a buck instead of Russell Gage? <laughs> yes, that, that, that is correct. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, the very well-known Auden Tate. Yeah, I mean, all right, let's go back to Matt Ryan. You saw Craig saying he's not much to say about him, and it's true. He's a consistent right. quarterback one every season. He's not the sexy name, but you draft him, and he's going to finish as a top 10-12 to 12 guy, regardless of, of what if he has down weeks, good weeks, he's going to finish out that top 12 he's, range. He's the new early 30s Phillip Rivers. Mm. <laughs> Scott loves the comp, I think. I gotta go to the bathroom real quick. <laughs> it sounds like you already went. <laughs> clean up. But I mean, seriously, 4,500 yards, 26 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. That's what you want out of a, a guy that you're just gonna plug in your lineup, set it and forget it. You don't, you don't have to worry about streaming quarterbacks. You don't have to worry about your offense. You just say, Matt Ryan's my quarterback. He's gonna throw the ball a ton. Falcons defense isn't great. I think they already lost a couple pieces. So. Expect shootouts again every week. It's, that's their that's their recipe in Atlanta. Throw the ball a hundred times, see if we can score more than the other team. 
second place in offensive touches last year, 821. And that's that's what you want. Fantasy football gold. So yeah. they they passed 683 times last year. Like considering the attempts that Matt Schaub had for when Matt Ryan was out, that's a that that's a lot of passing <laughs> attempts. <laughs> that, really I think that, that that's why there's so many vacated targets. And there's so <laughs> many vacated targets. So. I, you know, when I sat here and I looked at it, I said, okay, all those vacated targets aren't going to the wide receivers. Like, a lot of those are going to be converted into rushing attempts. But, like, I still don't see how Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley aren't both top 15 wide receivers. At least top top 20. Right. You can make a case for that. It's a bug, guys. It's yeah, all right. We got a flying around in triple the studio. E. Yeah, we, it's a I'm mosquito. Looking this, I'm looking this triple E mosquito flying around. Yeah, you got, you got a long sleeve shirt on. Yeah, did you see we just had yeah. triple E test positive in Pepper Man? Yeah, that thing looks like a scary mosquito. If I, if I could identify triple E virus with my eyes, that thing has it. <laughs> yeah. You know, speaking of triple E and viruses, Todd Gurley. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering where you were that. Lo- uh, I, love Todd- it. I was like, we need to let Scotty finish his thought before. No, 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 I love mosquito. it. It's fine. I mean, we got to go through the guys that got farted in Todd Gurley, Hayden Hurst. So, yeah, Craig, Todd Gurley. Well, it's just he is – I feel like he's a trap. I, I think that he, yes, has, you know, the, the the backfield per se because really the other guys there, Ido Smith, been there, done that, Brian Hill, he's kind of new. Kadri Allison is someone that, you know, really redshirted last year and is just kind of a bowling ball. So we don't really know what kind of guy is going to step up, but – the team itself has to know that you can't run Todd Gurley into the ground because he's going to be run into the ground by week six, and then you're going to have to rely on that hodgepodge group of running backs. At least that's what I feel, because obviously you saw it with the Rams last year. They knew they kind of had to limit the guy, and that's why I say he's kind of a virus. I mean, he's going probably around third third round, maybe second round in, in some fantasy drafts, and that's a really high price to pay for a running back that – yeah, we, we all have known and loved and has been a number one running back for years, but he's now on a new team. Yes, running backs can pick up things a little bit quicker than, you know, say a wide receiver on a new team. But this is an injured running back that I don't care if he says he's been working out the best he ever has. He's always going to be injured to me. and I'm always going to feel like he's got risk, risk tied to him. And I totally agree with a lot of those points. And I think that there is a ton of risk associated with him. But if you are just drafting on the assumption that he is going to play 16 games, I want him on my team. He's the number one running back on, on the team. I don't think anybody would argue that. And Brian Hill with you know 12 games played, 78 attempts, 27 yards a game. That's not that doesn't scare me. That doesn't I don't think Dan Quinn's looking at it and going like, oh yeah, I'd love to play that guy. Get him some more snaps. I think he's just gonna go Todd Gurley. Yeah, he's fantastic. I got him on a on a one year deal. We'll see what he's got. Give him the ball every time. I don't care if his knees fall off of his body. We'll figure it out. You know, happens every year. Guess who's still in free agency? Devontae Freeman. <laughs> we could bring him right back in. Nah, I don't think they want to do that. I don't think that they could do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the one thing I'll say about Gurley is Gurley was RB14 last year, right? And yeah, it's a, it's a different team. Um, but he still carried the ball 223 times. He played 15 games like... And, and to Dow's point, if you if you make the assumption that Todd Gurley is going to be playing 16 games, right? Like, I wouldn't go into a draft making assumptions that guys are going to get hurt. I mean, obviously, there's some risk involved with Gurley, but bake that into where you decide to select them. But if you can get yourself RB14 in the middle, back end of the third, 
Like, that to me is a steal. Considering the first round in 12-team leagues, there's going to be 8 to 10 running backs off the board. You know what I mean? You're So you're already looking at RB14 as an early second-round pick. Right, and like you said, he played 15 games last year, and when the Rams parted ways with him, I think everybody was surprised. They went, he just showed you you can play 15 games. What are you doing? Like, you got more years left on this guy. And they were like, no, 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 we're out. Yeah. Didn't make sense. It didn't so make sense to me then. I think it's because he could hardly do it. Right. <laughs> I mean, he didn't do it well, but he was still RB fourteen. He well, was a decoy a lot too, but he had a lot of touchdowns. I just want to go. I just want to go 14. through his his yards per carry. Last year it was three point eight. That's dangerous territory for yards per carry for a guy that's getting two hundred twenty three attempts. It goes back to four point nine and then four point seven the years prior, and that that was his breakout season. Um, I don't know what the heck happened to him in 2016 because he had three yards per carry, but then it was 4.8 in his rookie year. Uh, Steve Fisher. <laughs> you know who, you know who he comps almost exactly to is Sony Michelle. 247 carries with a 3.7 average. Yeah. I, li- listen, when, you, when you're when you a fantasy player, though, do you care about yards per carry? If they no. did, like Scott I said, care for a guy that is If he scored already... 14 touchdowns. That's why you should love with Garrett Blunt. <laughs> the 2.8 pre-yards per carry, but 18 <laughs> touchdowns. Right. Yeah, I, I've, I've I'm made, fine with that. I've made my point. I have him as I have him as the last RB2. Explain yourself. That's another <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's, That's another I mean, podcast. Overall, I think he's one of the riskier picks in all and, of And fantasy. Turd Cutter is their offensive coordinator who is terrible at figuring Turd out Turd Cutter. Backs. I believe it's pronounced Dirk. It's Dirk, like it's Dirk Cutter. <laughs> I mean, Dirk Gutter. Dirt uh, I, I, I actually don't know how to pronounce his name. Um, it's Dirt Gutter. Joe Deertinghurst. Yeah, so they lose Austin Hooper before he got hurt. Tight end one by a, a long shot. Still a pretty good tight end. Was signed to the Browns for a pretty big contract. So what they do, they trade, I believe, a second round pick or third round pick for Hayden Hurst, which I think is a fantastic um, option to not pay Hooper the $10 million bucks that Browns gave him. Yeah, And, you know, he's behind... Mark Andrews, but he was drafted before him in their rookie draft three years ago. I'm not sure what to think about him. I mean, there's a lot of vacated targets. Could he be, I think, at back end tight end one for sure? Could he be like a Mark Andrews from last year? Maybe, but I mean, it's tight end. I have no idea. The thing with Hayden Hurst is, is that he was a, if I'm not mistaken, I'm, I'm trying to double check right now, that he was a first round draft pick. He was. Um, and he was drafted over Mark Andrews. Uh, when he went w- with Baltimore. And the thing was, is he had gotten hurt um, in preseason the year that him and Andrews are there and kind of lost the job. And Hayden Hurst is, is a move tight end. He can he can do a lot of things in open space. And, and Hooper started to show a little bit of that, and they kind of ran with it last year uh, with the athleticism that I think Hurst brings to the table with the vacated targets. I think it's a good um, ad for fantasy, and you're, you're noticing that in, in mock drafts right now. He's he's somewhere around the seventh or eighth tight end taken off the board. Yeah, he's a great guy to have on your team. Like you said, he's moved tight end. And I, I mentioned earlier about old school Jimmy Graham on the Saints. There's not a lot of guys doing what he used to do. Hurst has the ability to do that. He's 6'4, 260. He's a big wide receiver who also can block. So he's on the field a lot, and he loves blocking. He went to a smaller school that ran the ball a lot. I think he's, he's a part of the University of South Carolina. I mean, they ran the ball heavily there. They didn't throw it a ton. He blocked, and then he made an impact with the ball on short catches and in yards after catch. It's a great fit for what the Falcons want to do when you already have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage stretching the ball down the field, and you've got Hayden Hurst open underneath. Beautiful. Let's do it. 
Absolutely. And and I know we didn't really touch too much on Calvin Ridley because I kind of cut that off with the triple E mosquito flying around. <laughs> um, but you're right. Uh, what you were about to say, Scotty, is that Calvin Ridley and Tom, you had mentioned it too. These two wide receivers, Julio and Calvin Ridley, are going to be top 15 wide receivers. They they might even be both wide receiver ones. Um, and I don't see that being too far fetched because, you know, 93 targets for Ridley last year, you know, he was, he played 13 games. So you, you extrapolate that to 16, he's already over a hundred targets, not, you know, let alone all these vacated ones going around. So there's, there's really room here, uh, for some, a lot of explosive fantasy, you know, producing players on this team. So here's a question for you, all three of you guys, what's more likely to happen? The Dallas Cowboys have 2000 yard receivers. Or the Atlanta Falcons have two thousand yard receivers. I actually the think Falcons. The Falcons. Well, well, for sure. I would say for sure the Falcons, but I think uh, also, you know, can we go with three one thousand? You think the Falcons have a shot at three? I think the Falcons have a shot at three with Hurst. Russell Gage being the third or Hurst being the I third. Hurst. I would say Hurst. Yeah. I love it. I love that. I, I don't know if they I can do it, but it, I love it. it. I, I it's, mean, it's, it's difficult, but. But if you think about it, exactly what we were talking about before was was you know six hundred seventy some odd or six hundred eighty some odd passing attempts last year, so uh, you're talking about another team that that does that, and I don't know what what Gurley is going to bring to the table. Maybe maybe if he you know produces a lot, it helps the wide receiver game. If he doesn't, then obviously they're passing more. Yeah, a hundred we'll, more pass attempts than the Cowboys last year. Will will you? I'm just going to throw this out there, and we're going to move on to Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But if targets go to Hayden Hurst, they have to likely... The distribution, it cannot allow every single player on that team to have an increase, right? So somebody's going to get hurt along the way. So just keep that in mind. Um, I want to talk about that side bet on another podcast. For sure. Um, all right, Scotty, Tampa. All right, the Bucks, uh 7-9 last year. They lose the fantasy quarterback three from last season, Jameis Winston, um, quarterback 32 on the actual NFL season with 30 picks. But um, yeah. they... <laughs> who cares? Who cares? Honestly, for, for fantasy, go Dude, for why it. Why do you care? I loved, I loved watching... Oh, if you get in a minus one league, it's cold. cold. It's, it's, it's fantastic. I loved watching this team play last year because we said it all, all preseason last season. Chucking the ball, Aaron does not care. He doesn't care what Winston does because he's likely not going to bring this guy back. So why would you care? Right. And did Winston care? No. And that was the best part of it. Winston couldn't see anybody on the field. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's before he had this freaking uh, laser guy surgery. So he's gone. Biggest uh, free agent signing in the last probably 10 years. Tom Brady goes to the Bucks. Yeah. Um, I, I know he did, might not have the arm that Winston has. He's definitely more accurate, but... They're different quarterbacks. I I mean, I want Brady to be a top eight quarterback, maybe a top five. I'm not sure if that's in the realm. I'm not sure if they're going to you know do what they did with Winston last year, just throwing it out, throwing it out, throwing it out. They might lean more in the running game because they did bring in LaShawn McCoy, which is actually – I'm not sure we talked about that last week. We probably did, right? Oh, yeah. Briefly in the beginning. Yeah, yeah okay. Um but, I mean, I'll open this up to you guys. I think Tom Brady there is great for Godwin and Evans. Could Godwin finish number two again? Probably not. I still think Godwin and Evans will finish both as wide receiver ones with Brady, but more in the back end. Yeah, and I'm on the same side. We have that that bet with a few of our friends, the Tom Brady. I'm sorry, the Chris Godwin and Mike Evans finishing top or wide receiver ones or top ten wide receivers each. Either way, 
I'm on the side that believes that they're going to to make that. But I was a big, um, I don't know what to call it exactly, but I, I I was one of the first guys saying Tom Brady doesn't throw the ball downfield. He can't do it. He's he doesn't have that in his game anymore. I recently looked at his stats, and he was actually one of the most accurate deep ball throwers in the league for the past four seasons. So maybe he doesn't do it all that often. It wasn't really the Patriots, you know, in the Patriots system, or maybe he didn't have the talent to do it on the Patriots, whatever it may be. He still can do it when he chooses to do it. Now, if you give him 100 more attempts at balls deep downfield, who knows how that, you know, a larger data set's going to play out. One deep chuck for one for one for 100% doesn't really prove much to me, but for the data that we have available to us, it looks like he can still do it. So that w- that added an interesting wrinkle into my personal beliefs about Tom Brady. So, you know, even being a Patriot fan, having that, that belief for a long time and apparently was a little bit misguided. I guess you can't always just rely on the eye test. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think this is going to have to be a new look Tom Brady, which we haven't seen for a decade. Um, so Two that, decades. <laughs> it, right, and that's well, what makes me hesitant with the Bucks, Like... I think it's going to be a high-powered offense. I think they're going to run a ton of plays. I think Brady's a fantastic pick as a as a QB1. I mean, 12 to 8 is certainly realistic, and he's going to have games where he absolutely blows up. Um, how Mike Evans and Chris Godwin do, I, I don't know. I mean, I would prefer to have the Julio Jones-Calvin Ridley combo than Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Um, but I mean that there's some personal bias there too. Um, so I, I don't know how everything's going to gel. I will tell you the one guy that I've been heating up on is Gronk. Like, I think if, if you find all things equal for Brady, Gronk is the constant. And I just, I just don't know. Like there's just something that makes me sit there and say, Chris Godwin's probably the first read. Gronk's probably a second, and then Mike Evans is the one down the field that Brady can can get it down there. So I I don't know I don't know nobody knows what this team's gonna look like, and I think that's what makes it hard to to project it. Well, I think one thing that uh, I know is that this team is gonna be great for uh, their winning percentage. They're they're gonna win a lot of games. They're going to be a playoff team. The they have a very smart uh, quarterback and coach to say to them, hey. You know, we're just going to leave everything offensively up to you. If you really think about it, him and Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator, you know, Byron Leftwich played against Brady, and he's not going to tell Brady what to do. Brady's going to be telling him what to do. And I think with Bruce Arians giving him the reins to do so really opens up the field for every single, uh, you know, weapon that he has. I'm not positive that you're going to get the same fantasy production out of every single one of these players. I think they're, every single one of them is going to go down. Um, but they're going to be gr- a great NFL team because Tom Brady is someone that reads defenses like nobody else, and he's going to be able to look at Godwin, look at Evans, look at Brate, O.J. Howard, um, you know, obviously Gronk, you know, Trent, uh, LaShawn McCoy, Scott, Scott, honestly, honestly, their wide receiver five is their wide receiver five is going to get work. But this is, this is what I'm saying is, is that Tom Brady reads the field. He is not going to just key in on one guy and say, this is my guy for forever in this, you know, offense. I mean, yes, there's going to be a number one guy. I'm pretty sure that's going to be Chris Godwin. It's not going to be Mike Evans. But the thing is, is he's going to have so many weapons because he can read and go down to his seventh read and still get seven yards. Like this, this team is going to be 
fantastic in the NFL. I, I really believe that. I 100% agree with you. Fantastic in the NFL. My biggest concern from a fantasy perspective is offensive looks and offensive touches because they have a good defense. Their numbers are poor, but it's because Jameis Winston threw 30 interceptions and gave him a short field 30 times. Like, <laughs> you give a high school team the ball on the 20, they're going to do they're going to score the ball eventually. Not NM. <laughs> yeah, not not our high school, but regardless, right? You have a, a a talented defense who now has a talented quarterback who's not giving the ball away routinely you might see tampa play with a lead for a change imagine Whoa, that calm down. Wait, what? Calm, they calm might down. be out to a lead their defense will hold them and they will run the ball they'll run drop play. will do they'll do what new england has done for 20 years draws screens safe plays no turnovers it could be boring but it can be effective and if they're there to win championships and not just play for personal stats this could be a trap, a trap team for fantasy offensive production. I'm not saying it's going to happen. They get talent. They get talent that the Patriots haven't had in, in a decade, but it's something to look out for. No, and I, I do agree with the, with the trap idea. Um, Although that begs really, the question. It's, it's really hard to pass on Chris Godwin. I'm just going to toss No, and I, and I never in a million years Fair would hard. advise that you pass right. on exactly. him. Like I said, Ed, he's like, not going to be the, the number two again, but I think he's a right. fantastically fine mid why did you were overall six seven? That's probably where we had him ranked. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he. It, it, I think that's obvious. And 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 to bring it to the point of you know they may be playing up. Well, what does this actually mean for Ronald Jones? Because this we haven't even mentioned his name yet. Well, yeah. Go on. No, no, no go ahead. Okay. I I I had really hard time with this backfield, um, especially because they brought in Shady. Um, I don't think that you bring in a guy like LaShawn McCoy not to use him. And I said this about Kansas City last year. They used LaShawn McCoy, but it was ineffective. So if you get if you get ineffective Shady again and you have your rookie Keyshawn Vaughn, you have to run Ronald Jones. I, I don't know. I, I sit there and I look at Ronald Jones and if I go, if he can get 215 to 250 carries with... I don't know, anywhere between, um, you know, 80 targets or so, you're looking at an RB2. You know what I mean? Like, Ronald Jones has the ability to be that back if he gets the opportunity to do it. And I think what what Tampa Bay has to realize is LaShawn McCoy is likely going to be ineffective on their team. Keyshawn Vaughn's a rookie, so unless unless he blows the doors off anybody, this is Ronald Jones' backfield. Standing next to Tom Brady and shotgun sets, passing the ball fifty times a week. Like, well, and I'm interested to see if Ronald Jones is uh, more of a Sony Michelle or a James White. Is, is he going to be running the ball consistently? Is Keyshawn Vaughn maybe going to step up and play that James White role? Because you've like you've seen Tom Brady have a separation of those two duties, a division of labor, if you will, for his whole his whole career. He's always had two separate guys. Even if it was Kevin Falk doing one thing and Corey Dillon doing something else, you know, it's like. There's always been two. He, he he was also right, and I agree with that. I just I don't think I could ever sit here and say there's a Corey Dillon, there's a Sony Michelle on this team because I don't I don't think Ronald Jones is a very good running back. You well, know? the and problem I think, is, and I think Sony Sony Michelle is a bad running back. You know. Yeah. So so one thing I like to pay attention to, which is a weird thing, but wait, when running backs are adding weight, um, Ronald Jones put on near twenty no thirteen pounds. Uh, so he's up to 221 now. So it's almost as if the coach had said to him, hey, man, 
we brought we're you know we have Dare Ugabuwale who's a receiving back. Keyshawn Vaughn is a receiving back who, who are, he can run and receive. And then they bring in LaShawn McCoy who's also another receiving back. I think Bruce Arians has said to him, "Listen, you're getting inside the tackles work. You're going to be our pound the rock running back. Like we may not give it to you 250 times or 300 times, but you're getting the ball every single time." You know, up the middle, like we're, you're going to work on your pass protection and you're going to be out there and, and have Tom Brady's back. And if they, you know, audible into a draw, then, you know, Ronald Jones is the guy going up the middle. I think that's what he is going to be this year with adding that weight. But watch out when he lets a linebacker through. Okay, Brady's going to flip. He, that's <laughs> the biggest thing. If he can't pass block, because we know McCoy oh, stunk last year, but he is a veteran that can pass block and that's why he's been on the field his entire career all the time if Ronald Jones just like last year can't pass block Dario Boale was the one that was pass blocking for Jameis almost all the time Jones had struggle uh, trouble with that Peyton Barber was a better pass blocker than him, and he wasn't even that good right um, but again 172 carries last year uh, 215 vacated rushing attempts he can easily get to the 225 range this this is Ronald Jones prove it year, right? This if is, he can't if he can't prove it. This is done. a very Ronald Jones prove it year. They got rid of Peyton Barber, who they yep. who was a security blanket for the team for a couple years. They're saying, hey, we brought in this rookie. If you can't beat out this rookie, that then I, I'm not sure what to say. You're out of here. But I mean, a backfield and redraft leagues that I do want to stay away from. But if I can get Ronald Jones later, fourth fifth round. Why not? I was gonna say I would I would I would actually take a shot on Ronald Jones because I right. think the upside's there, but it, uh, the it, risk is there. But. The risk is there, but it, it depends where it's going. Late fourth, absolutely, I would take him. Yeah, mm. yeah, and, and what you guys had brought up earlier about Legarrette Blunt, um, and you know some of the other bigger backs that New England has used in in the past, if they are gonna go that style of you know better defense and you know using some time on the run game then Ronald Jones is going to be in for more touchdowns where, where maybe he doesn't you know, get many pass protection plays or, or get the ball and you know, snap, his snap share may go down. Whatever may happen negatively, he's still going to be the running back they're going to use on the goal line, and they're going to be on the goal line a lot. 13 pounds in an offseason, though. I'm penciling him in for a random drug test. Uh, <laughs> he always does his go-to. He's yeah. going to miss four yeah. games, probably the first four. Uh, he'll get caught in training camp, but... Yeah, keep him on your roster. He'll be back. All right, that that does it for the uh, Bucks. Going into the Panthers, five and eleven last year, with the greatest, one of the greatest fantasy running backs of all time in McCaffrey, and they still go five and eleven. I mean, I mean, their quarterbacks last year sucked. Cam Newton got hurt week one, barely played week two. Got rid of Cam Newton. He's he's done. Um, last year was the Will Greer and the Kyle Allen show. Disgusting. They now bring in their future quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. So another NFC South quarterback, you know, just shuffling around the NFC South. It's kind of a constant thing. So he comes in, um, not sure what it's going to do, but I think it's going to be a lot better than Greer or Kyle Allen was last year. Could not agree more. I think I've been a big Teddy Bridgewater guy since he was on the Vikings, and he played well for them. He just kind of got a bum deal, a raw deal. Got hurt, lost his job. That was it for him. He never, never really saw the field again. 
uh, until last year. He finally got a chance when Drew Brees went down, played a few games, and threw a 68% completion rating, nine touchdowns, two picks. I know he has the weapons of the Saints, which are a lot better than the weapons of the uh, of the Panthers, but he showed that he can still play football at a high level. And I think the Panthers saw that when they went and gave him a pretty, uh, I don't know, player-friendly deal. Yeah, I forget what the... Yeah, I don't remember the terms. No, but I remember it was a lot of money. It was pretty good. Yeah. It was pretty lucrative it was multi, for a backup. It was, it was a multi-year deal. Too. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, they, they basically sat, looked at Teddy and said, okay. Yeah, you're our guy. Let, let's go. And and it's a new head coach, so you know that he's invested in him. This is his guy. He's bringing him in. Right. For, probably the first guy he signed, other than the draft. And they did go and address. I talked about the defense. I know we don't like to talk about defense because of the fantasy football podcast, but it matters for the offense. They had one of the worst defenses against the run in the NFL last year, which let other teams drain clock, which means they couldn't run the ball as, or you know uh, run the number of plays they otherwise could have, even though they were fifth in the league in offensive touches. But you have them bolster that defense, which they did, which they did through the draft and free agency, and you should see this team defensively take a step forward, which therefore in turn helps the offense stay on the field more often, uh, get more looks, get more touches, which means the ball in Christian McCaffrey's hands more. And uh, even more than last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, can't, it can't be more than last year. <laughs> it can always be more. Actually, Matt Rule, is, the new head coach, is a power running head coach. And a lot of RPOs, a lot of uh, interesting run game formations. Oh, it's going to be fun. Uh, so there's, <laughs> like, honestly, I, I haven't looked at uh, many of the teams that he was calling plays for. Uh, but Matt Rule, uh, when I've, you know, reviewed some of his. Um, you know, coaching style. It's it's really going to be interesting to see because they're they're really honing in on Chris McCaffrey and they're running. They're going to be running this guy into the ground. Yeah, I like, mean, 287 rush attempts last year is high, but it's not the highest in the league. Zeke outpaced him. Delvin Cook Derek was Henry. right on him. Yeah, Derrick Henry outpaced him. Yeah, I mean, those are, those I'm not, are those but are, not 287. He also had 116 receptions. Yeah, I was, <laughs> right. I was, I was, I was so gonna say everyone. He was touching the ball far more than anybody was. Yeah, but he could run it more. He might just catch it I mean, a few less times. We, Probably not. Though. We don't have the snap percentage on here, but I would say McCaffrey's close to a 97 to 98 percent snap percentage. Oh, I don't on the think field, he. I don't always. think he came off. The I think field it was. I think it was 98. 98. Because I know before Godwin went down, it was him and Godwin were like 98. 97.9, which is absolutely insane. We have the internet. Well, let's we just, do. Just, just look and at the works. fact that right now their backup running back had 16 total attempts last year. There was no other. Or I mean, okay, there was uh, Jordan Scarlett had four. Sorry, and Mike Davis, which kind of came in at the end of the year. Funny in a way because everyone's like, "You got a handcuff." CMC, who's the guy? Well, it hell, doesn't matter. Hell, if you went down, I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, we're gonna get someone, but. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy. I think if, if he goes down, you're not going to get you know a Bona fan that does that. No, probably or, yeah, or, not. or anyone. I mean, Teddy Teddy's got some legs, so I mean, I'm sure that Teddy's going to be running the ball around, especially if it's RPOs. I mean, you're looking at a, a poor man's Baltimore Ravens, um, but it's I'm telling you, it's going to be very interesting. Like, obviously, CMC is just a shoe in for the number one. A lot of people have said. Oh well, there's a new coach. You know, I can make a case that Ezekiel it's the number one, or I can make a case that Saquon Barkley is the number one. But I, I really don't like this. is This is the best head coach that Christian McCaffrey can ask for. Ninety-three point three five percent, and it's only because he had a seventy-two percent snap count in uh, week seventeen. Yeah, I was gonna say because week seventeen meant nothing because they were five and eleven. Yep, <laughs> and that was coming off a year the the previous year where he went ninety-one point three percent. So he actually improved year over year by two percent. Uh, if he improves. 2% again, he'd be in offensive line territory. 
I can talk about <laughs> McCaffrey all freaking day. I mean, 4.83 yards so per carry, 1,000 yards receiving, but we need to move on. Right. He's I, running back one. Boom, move on. He's just the sexiest pick ever. Um, anyways. Just a good-looking dude. Now we're, right, Scott. Yeah. Oh, that's not what you meant? We're, <laughs> we're, we're going to the fullbacks. Um, Alex Ama. He played. In, all right, never mind. Uh, all right. Wide receivers. We Biggest thing is they brought in Robbie Anderson. Right. We'll talk about his his fantasy value a little later, but it just gives Teddy Bridgewater another speed guy, another weapon to to put in that offense. He's got Samuel now, Anderson, and the talented DJ Moore. Right. That is a fantastic group for your first year as a starter. Yeah, and DJ Moore is a fast burner type, but also runs every route in the tree. Like he is a talented route runner. All he's over the field, a, and I he, think he, he's a little mini Steve Smith. He, he's that's exactly it. Oh yeah, he is. That is the best comp I've heard, and, and I'm I, sure he'd love to hear it too. And I think he's actually going to be focusing more on that this year with the addition of Robbie Anderson because both Samuel and Anderson are—I don't want to say one-dimensional, but those are their their asset, the, their talent. Yeah. And yeah. and so DJ Moore is really going to be moved around a lot, and especially with those RPOs, if he's within the ten or within the twenty-yard line. I mean, that's also. Uh, Another perfect thing for Teddy Bridgewater. I, I mean, I don't want to say that, you know, with, with a first-year coach, first-year quarterback, first everything for this entire team, that they're going to be a world beater. But there's there's definitely some value to be had on this team, and, and it'll really show itself at least by week three. And there's going to be a lot of trade bait going on on this team. Yeah, and you see uh, Robbie Anderson. I mean, definitely not one-dimensional, like you said, but um, to, I mean, to agree with you, he, if you need a flag route or a post route, he's your guy. But he is on the field all the time. He's another one of those high snap count guys because he's aggressive in the blocking game. We saw him do it with the Jets his whole career. The Jets ran the ball a ton the whole time he was there, and he still got out and blocked. And coaches love to see that stuff. I mean, being on the field is the most important part of being a fantasy-relevant player. And, I mean, Robbie Anderson's looking to overtake Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel has been there for a while and had 100 targets last year, 105 targets last year. So I don't know that he's going to usurp him right off the bat, but if they're running three wide receiver sets, there's no reason all three of them are out there constantly. Right, and and losing Greg Olson too was was a guy was a guy that was getting a lot of targets on this team. So, um, with them only really realistically having Ian Thomas left um, as tight end, I'm not sure they're really going to be using so much of a tight end that they are going to be using more of the three wide receiver sets uh, and the RPO and the Christian McCaffrey. You know, you having their their fullbacks. I'm not sure. I, I know Tom, you like Ian Thomas. Um, it's not that I I like Ian Thomas. I think that he's shown flashes to be a capable tight end. And and, yeah. and he and he can. Absolutely no problem. You're not gonna draft. I, I, you're not gonna draft him. <laughs> he has, I mean we'll bring him up in week thirteen when like four tight ends get right. hurt and we're like, hey, hey he does have option. he does have the situation to be successful though. He I does. mean absolutely. Absolutely. First time in his career that he's not being pushed I mean, by Greg Olson. Eighty two targets last year. If he gets half of those he could be looking at a 70-target season, maybe you know three, four touchdowns. I, would I, just I think it's very know. fair to say 70 targets with some, with someone like that, especially with having, I'm pretty sure, again, to reiterate, three wide receivers that are going to be on the field a lot. And the thing is, if he goes 70 targets, uh, you know, 50 catches for 600 yards and three or four touchdowns, he could be tight end seven. Like, he's not outside the question. So, like, that's how it works in the tight end landscape. It's not a good line, but it's like, well, okay, he's startable. And Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, Rudolph had six. I don't know what the numbers are last 
time Teddy started with Rudolph, I yeah. up at some point. But I mean, I'm sure that there was some success there. I mean, there, there's there's an opportunity. I think uh, I think Thomas. I think Teddy Bridgewater was still thrown to Vasanti Shanko back in the I day. I have no idea. It, like it's been so. Well, long I mean, he started. What was it? The... Six games last year, and he used Jared Cook uh, yep. somewhat. So yeah, somewhat. I, I do. Jared Cook more came with the uh, Drew Brees, yeah. but uh, he didn't use a tight end too much because I think they were. But that's on the again, that's a totally different offense. You know. Oh yeah, uh, Sean Payton is very, very opposite of what Matt Rule is. Right, it's almost so. to say uh, apples and oranges to compare the Panthers to the Saints. Yeah, right. in, in any regard, you're not gonna you're not gonna learn a lot from Teddy Bridgewater's game with the Panthers by looking at his Saints tape. Um, I don't think at least. Real quick, before we do our quick little recap, mm-hmm. if you had to draft the second wide receiver off this team, is it Curtis Samuel or Robbie Anderson? Me, I, I'm uh, easily saying Curtis Samuel, and that's I know just you be traded for him in Dynasty. It, it's not. It's not even so much that. <laughs> I just, I just, I just think that uh, there's there's a lot to be had with with his deep routes, and and there was just such a disconnect last year uh, with the wide receivers throwing to him. I mean, he really did not have a good catch percentage at all. At the answer can also be none. <laughs> no, I I, I agree. Um, but Curtis Samuel, you know, is going later in drafts. There's a lot of people down on him, and I think that there's value to be had there. Yeah, I'm Curtis Samuel as well. Late, late pick as a flex guy. I'm, not, I mean, I'm not picking him to play week in and week out, but he's a flex guy for me. Yeah, uh, I'm Robbie Anderson all day. Um, I mean, Thomas. I, I just want yeah, I know you're Thomas. I just want this to be another case where Adam Gase just absolutely sucks at, oh. at using these guys. <laughs> you know, you know what? I forgot I just that he was want... an Adam Gase guy. He's a t- he's a freak <laughs> athlete, and so is Curtis Samuel too. I mean, yeah. uh, these guys could. Could go. They're probably drafted around the same time, and they both could finish around the same area. But just another guy that Adam Gase completely effed up. Yeah, and I, I think that you, would be fun. You can't go really so bad. wrong with either of these guys. <laughs> I don't think either of these guys explode for wide receiver one numbers, and I don't think either of them, t- you know, bottom out for irrelevant fine numbers. Flex plays. I, yeah, I think they say. both end up as fine flex plays. You know, uh, anywhere from wide receiver 37 to like 50 finish somewhere in there and and this is one of both of these wide receivers are one of those perfect cases where you don't draft a rookie towards the end of the draft or a long shot player that you like perfectly because by week one or week two you'll know who their number two receiver is going to be it's and either samuel yeah. or anderson and hell if it's not that guy fine you can drop him but if it is you hit yep Damn, okay, I'll take CMC. Um, <laughs> as, right. as the one Cop out. You know what? If CMC's hanging out there in like the fourth or fifth round, I'll take a flyer on the yeah, kid. Yeah, take a flyer on him. <laughs> All right, let's run through a recap. We're already at an hour. Saints, Breeze, Kamara, uh, Michael Thomas, Jerry Cook. Yes. Uh, I don't know about Jerry Cook. I would. He's a top yes. 12 tight end. He, he's yes. a top 7. That's all you need to, yeah. be, to be drafted. Right. Atlanta Falcons. You had to say Jerry Cook. Atlanta Falcons, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Todd Gurley, Matt Ryan. Yes. Uh, and Russell Hayden, Gage. Hayden Hurst. I'd say Hayden Hurst. Hayden no Hurst. Russell Gage. Hayden Hurst. No Russell Gage. Not in, nope, not in the drafts. I would draft Russell Gage. I would draft Not Russell in any Gage. redraft league. Super late. I doubt it. Okay. I would draft we, him before we, Curtis we, Samuel or Robbie Anderson. Hey, explain yourself. Yeah. Keep, it, keep it for that. Keep okay. it for that. Tampa Bay Bucks, Tom Brady, Mike, Mike Evans, um... Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin, Ronald Jones. Yes. Krakowski. And, and well, well, so if we you're going to say... We didn't, we didn't talk about Gronk. We didn't talk about Gronk. We will talk about Gronk. If you're going to say Cook, we're going to say Gronk. <laughs> Gronk okay. is not even comparable to Cook. He's been out of football for a year. Yeah, different different situation. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. DJ Moore. 
Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson. Same really same exact conversation for Russell Gage. These are late, really late round, if they're there, pick them up. You're going to play them. All right, they're yeah. not even bench guys. They're playable guys. That's your NFC South. Teddy Bridgewater. Top shelf fantasy. Stay fluid. Stay